parents, be patient with yourself and your children. The pandemic has been a challenge for all of us. You and your families are stronger than you think. Continue to model good behavior with your children and provide positive reinforcements as children transition to new routines and schedules. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next big thing in health. I'm your co-host, Matt Isles. And I'm Laura Evans. This season of The Next Big Thing in Health is sponsored by Teladoc Health, partnering with health insurance providers to transform the care experience for their members. Visit teladochealth.com backslash AHIP-2021 to learn about its perspectives on the path forward for integrated virtual whole person care. Our guest today is Dr. Johanna Vidal-Felin. Senior Medical Services Director of Quality and Pediatrics at UPMC Health Plan. Dr. Vidal Felon is also a pediatrician in clinical practice. She manages children's services in UPMC Health Plan's CHIP, commercial, and Medicaid lines of business and has led efforts to deliver accurate and up-to-date COVID-19 information to Spanish-speaking plan members. For this work, she was recently honored as a top doc in medicine by the Latino-focused media outlet, Aldea. Joanna, thanks for joining us today. And it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Great. Why don't we go ahead and jump right in? And we know that COVID-19 is still with us. Things seem to be getting a bit better, but it's affected so many communities in the U.S. in unique ways. Can you maybe discuss the pandemic's impact on the Latino community? Thank you, Matt. This is a very important question. The COVID-19 pandemic has dramatically affected the Latino community. While the Latino community represents 18% of the U.S. population, Latinos represent 29% of the COVID-19 cases in the United States, according to recent data from the CDC. Latinos have experienced higher rates of COVID-19-related hospitalizations, rates of infections, and death. You must remember that prior to the pandemic, the Latino community already has experienced inequities in income, access to healthcare, food insecurity, and poverty. And unfortunately, the pandemic has exacerbated these challenges. Many Latino families live in multi-generational, overcrowded households with limited capacity for social distancing. Members of our communities experience limited access to COVID-19 testing and now to COVID-19 vaccines. Because Latinos are disproportionately represented members of the essential workforce within the United States, they have had an increased exposure to the virus. While other groups are now returning to the workplace, the Latino unemployment rate is still far above its pre-pandemic levels. I also don't want to forget about the children. Latino children who live amongst families and in communities with the least resources, those that are poor, disabled, and from marginalized populations are experiencing the greatest hardships during the pandemic due to food scarcity, housing insecurity, and the detrimental effects of wealth gap. Although children may not be the face of the pandemic, they risk being amongst the most impacted victims as children live lives has changed in profound ways. So doctor, understanding those impacts, can you elaborate a little bit on your work at UPMC to make sure that Spanish speaking members 
have access to the most accurate and up-to-date COVID-19 information? In the era of misinformation, it is very important that our members have access to accurate COVID-19 information. Since the beginning of the pandemic, UPMC has been engaged with our Spanish-speaking membership. As part of a collaboration with a local TV station, we started recording COVID-19-related Q&A sessions in Spanish to inform the Spanish-speaking community of the latest COVID-19 information and developments. Our outstanding member services team has uh, members are fluent in Spanish and in other languages, and they have been engaged with our communities. These bilingual concierge are a regular presence, both at clinics focused on vulnerable populations and at many of the larger clinics UPMC has organized. Recently, our bilingual team worked with a local nonprofit organization to bring COVID-19 vaccinations directly to the Spanish-speaking community. I serve as a COVID-19 vaccinator, and I will never forget how grateful the community was to have us bring the vaccine to their neighborhood. In order to combat misinformation, we held a series of member-focused events in Spanish. One of these events has focused on helping parents and caregivers during the pandemic, and also uh, back-to-school conversations. Pennsylvania is one of several states that have provided at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine to a large majority of the population ages 65 and older. Given our size and footprint across the state, UPMC has been a key part of these efforts to get vaccines to all our older members. That's a great story about you delivering vaccines uh, in the community. Really love to hear that. Maybe we could turn to the health plan side a little bit. Um, we know that UPMC, as you mentioned, uh, has a profile across the state and a, and a growing national profile. How important do you think it is for health plans to approach their members' needs in a culturally appropriate way? And what steps should UPMC and other health plans uh, be taking to do so? It is critical for health plans to become engaged and to remain a committed partner in their communities. I believe UPMC has been setting a great example and will continue to lead in this area. UPMC has administered over 600,000 vaccines and UPMC Health Plan has had 45 vaccination clinics focused on underserved populations, including the Latino community. These outreach were successful because we partner with trusted community organizations such as Casa San Jose here in Pittsburgh to reach even the most vaccine-hesitant segments of our population. We also provided clinics focus among key workforce sectors like restaurants that have employees from medically vulnerable communities and made sure the clinic hours accommodated the worst schedules. With 90,000 employees, UPNC has also worked to make our clinical and leaders inform advocates. Our My UPMC Way program feature a diverse range of employees sharing why they choose to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. We are also looking at additional strategies to get factual information out from about the COVID-19 vaccines to Black and Latino communities. The messaging will reassure communities about the safety of the vaccines, enable individuals to ask questions, and get reliable answers to address myths about the COVID-19 vaccine around key areas, including safety, effectiveness, availability, and affordability. 
I was honored to have the opportunity to lead an employee webinar on vaccine hesitancy in communities of color to help ensure our community and staff understood how to best share facts about the vaccine with all populations. I should also note that UPMC Health Plan is a part of the AHIP Vaccine Community Connectors Initiative, which has provided a great collaborative opportunity to vaccine vulnerable individuals. Teladoc Health, the leader in virtual care since 2002, has built the only scalable platform for integrated whole person solutions. A partnership with Teladoc Health helps ensure that health insurance providers, employers, hospitals, and health systems are prepared for the future by supporting the growth of virtual care. To learn about Teladoc Health's perspectives on innovating to ensure access to integrated, virtual, whole person care for everyone, visit teledochealth.com backslash AHIP-2021. So we know that the current special enrollment period presents uh, an important opportunity for Americans to get health coverage. How should we be promoting that in communities that have been most affected by the pandemic? Great question, Laura. Well, access to affordable health coverage is something that should be available to all Americans. The COVID-19 pandemic has highlighted the importance of providing coverage to our most vulnerable populations. COVID-19 has disproportionately impacted racial and ethnic minorities who have traditionally faced barriers to assessing healthcare, such as lack of insurance. The current special enrollment period and the enactment of the American Rescue Plan have created an important opportunity for Americans to get the coverage they need. By building on the foundations that Affordable Care Act to increase affordability, more individuals and families than ever are eligible for subsidies for coverage through the marketplace. We should be promoting to the communities most impacted by the pandemic by emphasizing the importance of having coverage for the unexpected. COVID-19 has certainly shown us that within the message, we should continue to evaluate, to educate the population on the affordability of coverage and the number of individuals likely eligible for zero dollar and low cost plans. Lastly, the American Rescue Plan has provisions to help those who lose employment. Individuals who have collected unemployment are eligible for larger subsidies as well. And overall, people should know that they are, they, that they are continuing efforts to address these coverage barriers and there are less hurdles than ever to gain affordable coverage and access to high quality care. Yeah, and we know that there's another month of the special enrollment period, so hopefully we'll we'll get uh, some additional people to sign up. And I'm also really glad that you mentioned the UPMC Health Plan participation in the Vaccine Community Connectors uh, Initiative. It's been a really uh, great experience, and I know we're very proud to have uh, UPMC Health Plan and so many other of our member companies participate. And there's been a lot of progress, which is very exciting as we try to get back to normal, but we also know that countless parents across the country are wondering what normal means for children who haven't been able to get vaccinated yet, just given what we've seen. So as a pediatrician, do you have any tips for parents? 
Matt, as you know, I am a pediatrician and there's nothing I love more than providing anticipatory guidance and support to parents and families. And I thank you so much for asking this great question. The first tip for parents, it is not to forget about your friendly pediatrician and dentist. During the pandemic, many families forgo pediatric preventive services. And now it is the time to go back to your medical and dental home and be sure that your children and teenagers receive their annual well-child visits and immunizations. Screening for developmental delays, social determinants of health and behavioral health issues are only a few examples of the types of preventive care services that can often detect critical issues requiring timely interventions. Families also benefit from the anticipatory guidance provided by pediatric and family medicine teams during well-child visits. For many children and adolescents, these regular appointments are where they receive their immunizations. Remember, a disruption in pediatric immunization schedules could lead to negative consequences, exchanging one infectious illness for a host of others. Although children may not be directly experiencing the most severe clinical manifestation of the COVID-19 virus, the corresponding disruption and changes to their educational experience, separation from their friends and emotional support systems, alterations to daily routines and numerous additional family stressors have certainly had an impact in our children. Parents, be patient with yourself and your children. The pandemic has been a challenge for all of us. You and your families are stronger than you think. Continue to model good behavior with your children and provide positive reinforcements as children transition to new routines and schedules. Okay, can you live in my house and coach me every day? Because I need these reminders. <laughs> so anyone who has had has kids and has had it, you know, has had a challenging year with with school. I have three kids myself, so I need you, Johanna. Um, so so we're looking forward to what we hope will be a return to a more normal school year for our kids this fall. As many will likely be returning to the classroom. I know some may have a challenge with that, but so here's the the sixty four thousand dollar question. What should schools, in your opinion, be doing to keep students safe for the return this fall? Great question, Laura. We pediatricians are advocating for a return to in school instruction for all children. In order to keep students safe, we advocate that all children 12 years and older receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Hopefully soon, children ages 6 to 11 years of age will be able to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. But in the meantime, we recommend that we follow the CDC prevention strategies in school, which include at this time five key elements. Those are universal and correct use of masks, physical distancing, hand washing, cleaning and maintaining healthy facilities, and contact tracing in combination with isolation and quarantine as needed. Now, it is important to remember that these recommendations can change at any time. And as we get closer to starting the school, parents should reach out to their school districts with any questions. For further information, I also recommend for parents and families to reach out to the local pediatrician and also read the CDC website. 
So you mentioned that uh, the vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine is, is now um, available for those who are age 12 and over, and, and maybe it will go down to a younger age you know, sometime in the fall. But what would you say to parents who have concerns about their child receiving the COVID-19 vaccine? Uh, or for that matter, any important vaccine. I know I, I used to work in the pharmaceutical industry and uh, for a company that manufactured pneumococcal vaccine, which is a very important childhood vaccine. And one of the nurses uh, uh, from our pediatrician said, if you've ever seen a child affected by one of these diseases, you won't feel so bad giving them a shot when they react uh, negatively, get it. But would love to hear your perspective on, on these vaccine safety issues. First, we must recognize that Mary, many parents are concerned about vaccines and the COVID-19 vaccine. As a pediatrician, I share with my family that my own two children are fully vaccinated and that my eldest son, because of his age, was able to receive the COVID-19 vaccine already. For parents that have concerns, please reach out to your pediatrician and family doctors for additional information. Be careful about the information you read in social media, as there is a lot of misinformation that may be confusing to parents. For good online resources regarding vaccines, I highly recommend the CDC and the Vaccine Education Center at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. This is what I share with parents. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe and is effective. Millions of people in the United States have received the COVID-19 vaccine under the most intense safety monitoring in U.S. history. Over 331 million doses of COVID-19 vaccine have been administered in the United States from December 14th through July 6th of 2021. COVID-19 vaccines were evaluated in 10 of thousands of participants during clinical trials and continue to be evaluated. The vaccines meet the Food and Drug Administration rigorous scientific standards for safety, effectiveness, and manufacturing quality needed to support emergency use authorization. And as a pediatrician, the most important example I can give is the one of my own family. Um, I would not give something to my children that I feel is dangerous. My children are fully vaccinated. My eldest son, when he got the COVID-19 vaccine, we celebrated that. And we can't wait for our 11-year-old uh, son to turn 12, or if the vaccine is available before then, for us to be a family that is fully vaccinated. We celebrated too, so I, I hear you loud and clear, yes. Um, so recovering from the pandemic um, may present new anxieties for, for our children too, um, as it has for, for many adults. Um, getting back to a routine, realizing that hugging is no longer dangerous, being in a crowd doesn't have to be scary anymore. Um, what steps would you suggest that parents can take to address these anxieties in our kids? Checking with your child always, and reach out for help with any concerns that you have for behavioral health issues. I want to share with you, according to the CDC, there has been an increase in emergency department visits among adolescents for behavioral health-related issues during the pandemic. I encourage parents to converse openly, simply, and honestly with their children. Create opportunities for your child to stay connected with family members and friends. Stay hopeful. If you are concerned, don't wait to act. Call your pediatrician or family doctor to have your child or teenager screen for behavioral health conditions like depression or anxiety. 
engage with your local school district and find out what additional resources they will be able to provide your child when he or she returns to school in the fall. Parents, you must remember that you are your child's advocate and reach out for help. So Joanna, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, we always have one final question for our guests. And so I'll, I'll put it to you now. What do you think is the next big thing in healthcare? So Matt, the pandemic has brought into the spotlight the many challenges that members and patients face as a result of health disparities. As we look into developing strategies to improve health equity, we must never forget the impact that health disparities have on mothers and children. My passion is that the next big thing in healthcare will be seeing the entire healthcare industry committed to addressing the health disparities that impact mothers and children. That we will all work together to effectively address maternal and infant mortality in the United States. We need to start investing our resources in supporting families to become and stay healthy, to help parents learn how to be better parents, to improve access to high quality education in all of our communities and to eliminate food insecurity. It starts by supporting moms and allowing them to enroll in Medicaid for the first 12 months following childbirth. It is very simple actually. Healthy mothers, healthy babies. Wonderful conversation. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank, thank you for you. having me. Thank you. Recognizing the critical role that virtual care plays in the healthcare delivery system, Teladoc Health helps health insurance providers coordinate and deliver care for all members, including their highest risk populations, by providing a front door to care. From chronic condition management to mental health to primary care, Teladoc Health personalizes and integrates whole person care for members. Visit teledochealth.com backslash AHIP-2021 to download our brochure and learn how virtual care is delivering value as the preferred entry point to health. Thanks everyone for tuning into this episode of The Next Big Thing in Health. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave a review and tell a friend. You can also sign up for our email list at ahip.org backslash next big thing. Thanks for listening and see you next time.